0: Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. This is Russ McCumber, like we do every time. We've got really, really clever people with interesting points of view around the world of SEO. And Max Roslikov is with us here today. Hi, Max. How are you?
1: Hey, can't complain yourself?
0: I'm I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Yes. I'm hoping most of you listening to this now are regular listeners, and that's great. We appreciate your attention. If you are not already subscribed, I highly recommend so you don't miss an episode because we do have these every two weeks, and we've got some killer guests, including Max today. Hit that subscribe button on Spotify or Apple or wherever you are tuning in. And uh, then you never miss a beat when it comes to listening to the uh, successes of our SEO success stories. Now, Max has a, a wide and varied background, which I'm going to get into very soon. But there is one question I ask all of our guests when we open up. I'm going to throw it at you now, Max. What is the number one biggest challenge that SEO has faced in 2024?
1: I mean, definitely uh, AI taking... Real estate based from organic search on technical side is number one concern uh, on the process concern on the process side, I would say it's seeking for great copywriters is harder and harder every year
0: that's a That's a good insight and one that I haven't heard because we're hearing lots around the proliferation of content and AI's ability to produce it, not great quality, but you know actually finding really great copywriters. My background's in copywriting. And I know I really, I saw a quote on this recently where they were like, it's really hard to find a good copywriter because what you're really finding is a good thinker who's able to articulate those thoughts. So I think that's a, that's a great, great little tip there.
1: Right. And probably you're biased because your social circle and your professional circle are probably the best ones. And I do believe many of them are the most expensive. An industry, and I'm talking about like ordinary folks uh, on up work. It's, it's a serious work to find good ones right now. Great point. So, Max got on my radar. And for
0: those watching the show, if, if you're, you're, you're very active on LinkedIn, that's where I've seen some of your experiments, you know, really cool insights. Lot, lot, a lot of, I love the comments, lots of people like, you know, wondering what's going on and what's the value in this. But like, I just love a hypothesis. Let's set it up and let's just see what, what happens. So we're going to dig into some of those and you know, the rationale behind running those and and what you get out of them very soon. But firstly, I'd just love to hear a bit more about your background. So talk to us, Max, how did you, you're based in Florida now?
1: Yeah. Where are you from originally? Originally from Russia, from St. Petersburg. Uh, last six years in America started in Jersey city, then was invited by SEMrush to Boston. And after four years in Boston last year here in Florida. Beautiful. What,
0: what prompted the move down South to Florida?
1: I mean, America has complicated taxation system. Ah, yes. And, uh, yeah, most of my income is like short-term capital gains. So yeah, Florida is a good place to be. Gotcha. And my wife approved. Only Florida from the list of states that doesn't have state income tax.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, I'm also a recent transplant to the U S 2021. We got here in Texas for probably a lot of the similar reasons. So, so talk to me about your, you you mentioned then, you know, working for SEMrush, but I'd like to go back to when you first got into marketing. What was your first marketing gig?
1: (laughs) So, uh, my first big, big project, I would say, was building e commerce mm-hmm. uh, online retailer on top of brick and mortar retailer uh, called Zoom. It's profile pretty much similar to Saks Fifth Avenue, like luxury retail store, Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, right floor, and all this stuff. And they were like purely brick and mortar. I came with the idea to build online uh, to kind of transform this retailer in omnichannel. Yep. Yeah, right now it's like quarter billion business, online part only. Mm-hmm. I was employee number one, and over time I was hiring people. I've hired head of online marketing and eventually head of SEO. So I started working with them, and this is, was when I when I first uh, realized how it worked, probably 2011, 2010, more cool. or less. What
0: was that like? It's like starting out a new tech, like, obviously an established business, but you're like a startup inside that business. Like I've been part of many startups. It's, it's, you know, it's a thrill because you're creating stuff on the fly and processes on the fly, but at the same time, you're breaking a lot of stuff and you're you're learning a lot. Like what was that process like early on?
1: Well, like super conservative company, like retailers with more than 100 years of like being on the market, Mm -hmm. starting Soviet era or even pre-Soviet era. Um, And like nobody was interested. So I was literally chasing uh, people trying to get some merchandise for photo shooting to put it on a website. It was a mess. And I I met, she was e-commerce director of Selfridges back then. I don't even remember her name. And she told, listen, in two years, they will be chasing you asking to prioritize their merchandise to be online. And it's exactly what happened. I love that. In the first year, we did like five millions in revenue, which was like good, but it was less than 1% of total company revenue, still peanuts. But we doubled next year, doubled again next year, and then it became a real success story. So it was a struggle for a couple of years. Then we were just doing our work and it was growing and growing and growing.
0: Very cool. So what were the... What were the channels driving that growth for you? You mentioned you, you hired heads of departments and the like. So, where did your first wins come from in terms of sales?
1: Well, actually, uh, the very first was from uh, existing clients' database, but it were like literally few people. Uh, over time, so it was email marketing yes. answering a question. But very quickly after, I've hired this SEO nerd. A uh, really vast majority of our traffic start coming from organic Google, and uh, Russia has its own system Yandex. Uh, so, like organic traffic generated most of our growth and most of our sales initially. Until I get budgets for paid promotion, because after we earned money, companies start investing much more. So Very cool. Like, yeah, actually Organic did a lot for our success.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So how were you wrapping your head around SEO? You had to hire an SEO. So obviously you had to have, a you, you see that the Organic channel is driving revenue. Were you tinkering with it yourself? Or did you have people in your team like trying to you know manipulate the site? What were some of those early things you were doing early on?
1: Like this SEO nerd, uh, I, I, I was thinking to fire him because like he was, collecting semantic core for like two weeks. And from my perspective, it was like, I'm paying him salary and he's doing nothing. But eventually he started to come up with ideas like, okay, let's make some programmatic pages. I was like, what's programmatic pages? And he was like, it's automatic pages. For example, Gucci bags, which will automatically update with new arrivals or new arrivals or Red dresses or whatever. I was like, okay, if you want to go ahead. And like in three weeks, traffic just skyrocketed. Like that back then, most product online was fake in Mm -hmm. my country. And we were the first official retailer who come to online. And yeah, and I was like, okay, this guy knows what to do. So he was actually explaining me how it works and it worked. Very cool. Would have been
0: much earlier. He sounds pretty switched on. That would have been a bit earlier on the programmatic SEO journey. A lot lot of big retailers obviously got onto it early, but this is what, early 20-teens? Is that when we're talking?
1: 2020, 2011. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I I mean, in in total, we had like 60,000 SKUs, uh, not online in total. So like any piece of additional merchandise description or categorization or whatever, was kind of multiplying our uh, number of pages. They were ranked quite well. User metrics were good because people loved them. And so, yeah, I I was lucky to, like, I wasn't aware of any shady SEO tactics, all this stuff. It was just working technology, generally pumping money.
0: So that's a a really cool story to build that from the ground up, obviously set them on a good path and I love that story about the person saying, don't worry, in two years' time, they'll be hounding you to get on here. So that's very cool. But what happened next?
1: Um, uh, I have been on a short journey to crypto industry and actually uh, for like more or less two years. Uh, And it's actually when uh, SEO was very important again because all traditional uh, channels of digital marketing are banned for Mm. crypto. So you cannot advertise on Google, I mean, on Facebook, on Google, Mm -hmm. uh, nowhere mostly. So only two working channels were SEO and affiliate marketing. And after you Mm. gathered clients' database, email marketing working as well. So yeah, during that time, like if you cannot do SEO, you will not survive. So again... I was lucky to work with really professional people who did their job great. Uh, most projects ended up dying with Crypto Winter, but one is mm. still online, works, profitable. So, again, SEO played important role in my life. And For then sure. I joined SEMrush, uh, which kind is also important player in SEO field.
0: Let's, I want to get to Sam rush but firstly, at crypto in the in the crypto industry, was programmatic SEO? Was that something that you employed there as well?
1: It was more about uh, educational edu- educational content uh, because uh, crypto trading, uh, all the like concept of blockchain, of how it works, consensus. People wasn't educated. Most of them came because of hype. You invest tax, you get multiples, Mm. and um, it's probably not the best uh, for for market because many non-professional players, people were losing money. And still, I mean, honestly, uh, I'm trying to avoid any crypto businesses after 2019 when I uh, Mm. relocated to America because many of them are kind of not... (laughs) Not not normal businesses, but um, great educational content with Mm. video explanations was something Google really uh, appreciated and ranked well. That's great.
0: Okay. So you're picking up lots of learnings along the way and then you end up at SEMrush. So Mm -hmm. what, what were you doing specifically at SEMrush? What was the role there?
1: Uh, back then I was SVP of marketing. So initially I was managing uh, all marketing uh, in, a, in a company. Ironically, SEO role uh, wasn't existing in same rush at all. Head of SEO never existed before I introduced this role. Uh, but all paid marketing, PR, uh, affiliate marketing, uh, web design, several... Uh, developer teams, so, like, marketing was huge in SEMrush, and it is still huge. it's like, plus minus 200 people. I don't remember exact number. Uh, later on this journey, I, f- I focused on YouTube channel, on SEO, on uh, SEMrush Academy. Uh, I did first content acquisition, uh, Beklinka, uh back then, like, a couple years ago. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, w- what was surprising is that, like, number one SEO tool on the market had no SEO people uh, in-house. Isn't that amazing? Uh, right, yeah. I mean, they never needed them because domain itself, uh, tool popularity, uh, everything they were publishing, it was just skyrocketing in search without any SEO efforts. So why they may need it. But. Because of change in Google algorithms, um, when I joined in 2019, I believe it wasn't true anymore, so it was the right time to introduce FCO to SEMrush.
0: Very cool. You know, I had uh, Lamore Baronholtz from LEM, from SimilarWeb, and mm-hmm. she had a similar story about SimilarWeb. She'd worked agency side and then she was looking at, you know, different roles. And they were hiring for a content, head of content marketing. And she's like, well, I'm an SEO. I'm not a content marketer, so I won't. And then the the role kept on coming up and she thought, oh, she's looking at the scope of, you know, the job description. She's like, looks more like an SEO. I might just apply. So she applied, went through the process. She said to them, well, you've got this as your job title, but you're actually looking for an SEO. That's what I do. They didn't have anyone in house SEO either, which is another, a really big, traffic analysis tool, a massive massive business in that space, and she was their first pure SEO hire, so they ended up hiring an SEO and a content marketer at the same time, and probably similar to yourself, they've since expanded that team substantially, but I I just find it interesting, these really big businesses that are really well-known in the space, not necessarily investing in that themselves early on.
1: You're right, but I mean, SimilarWeb back then was huge and programmatic because they were giving away some of their data for free and they had this free tool i'm not sure if they still have it but it's what made similar web like so popular for mm. marketers back then like yep. six years ago
0: did Did you mention the backlinko and that sort of coming on board with semrush was that during your time there
1: uh y- y- yes i was making this deal so it, it, it was my idea and uh
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I I was executing it, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Without getting into detail that you can't discuss, like how long was that process of, here's an idea and then pitching it to, you know, to your bosses and and whoever else needs to be engaged to actually turning over?
1: uh, It wasn't long at all. First of all, uh, everyone Mm -hmm. inside SAMRush knew who Brandon is and uh, what the clinker is. We, we, We made an analysis of SERP and yep. realized that, like, if you will take the whole semantic core of uh, SEO software as a service tools mm-hmm. yep. uh, and will analyze who is ranking in top three, uh, it will be SEMrush, it will be hrefs, it will be Moz, and it will be Backlinker. Open Backlinker was outperforming all of us. I mean, they were so. Th- best backlinks checker, they're still number one as far as I map. So I gathered all this information and we actually realized that we can either double our organic traffic if we will move this content to SAMrush, or we will double our search uh, real estate. Like we will mm. double the number of positions we control in, in SERP. So yeah, it, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Okay, excellent. And then for the last year or so, you've been you're doing your own thing. Like, talk to me around like the work that you're doing now. And then I want to get into the experiments and some of your more recent ones. But yeah, what's your uh-huh. what's your day to day look like now?
1: So, uh, like now, I'm all in research. But uh, three months. Ago, so after so after my Sam Rush time, I was doing like nothing. I was doing consulting. A couple hours a week. Yeah, because like uh, SEMrush went public on New York Stock Exchange uh, during my uh, time there. So like, yeah, I was retired (laughs) more or less. But it it, it was a little bit boring, I would say, to be retired at 40-something years. And um, I started helping my friends to do uh, SEO and online marketing for their project. I invested in a few projects. And actually, yes, this is how I started all these experiments. Uh, I was seeking for um, online business, for e-commerce or for uh, software as a service business to acquire and to spend more time doing things uh, hands-on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, initially I was just on market redistributing my investing portfolio.
0: Okay, great. Talk to me about some of your more recent experiments. What what are you playing with right now? What's... what's, uh... Yeah, what's on your table?
1: As I said, initially, I was seeking for a website to acquire, uh, having some experience in this space and a lot of data. One listing cached my attention because they were advertising it like, oh, it has a huge organic growth opportunity because of high uh, domain ra- uh, rating and uh, thousands of like nice backlink profile, et cetera, et cetera. And it was Mm. like, oh, it sounds interesting. I I should check this website. So I signed NDA, I've got a um, website address and Mm -hmm. immediately realized it's just nothing. I mean, they don't Mm. rank for a single keyword. And moreover, like referring websites are useless. It's like PBN or whatever, like automatic websites. So literally, literally zero value fully inflated, uh, numbers. And I was like, okay, it's, it's interesting. I explained this story to my SEO guy, to Alex, and he's like, oh, everybody knows it. I'm like, no, I'm in industry for years and I wasn't aware it's, it's so easy. And he's like, yeah, you pay $50 on Fiverr and you will get thousands of backlinks, high domain authority, high domain ranking rating. And I was like, okay. Let's do it. He's like, why? I'm. Uh, I'm like, it's 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 a stellar content. A content. It's a really good content, and I haven't seen any experiments like this. And it, it's dirt cheap. I mean, we paid less than three hundred dollars to uh, five freelancers, and they skyrocketed uh, domain ranking. The do- domain rating, sorry. And they were like, okay, and and the cheapest one. Like we paid $15 and the most expensive one, we paid $80, something like that. But I mean, for, for any amount of money they're doing this, they are like somehow build tons of redirects and low quality, terrible backlinks, Hmm. but it's skyrocket domain rating uh, and domain authority. So my initial content was, was about metrics. So I tested I tested uh, MosDA, Samrush Authority Score, and Majestic Trust Flow. Uh, yeah, and we ended up being able to kind of rank how good each of them uh, is. Uh, we also gathered a lot of backlinks data on this journey. So we start thinking, okay, but it's obvious that uh, discovery speed is very different. They mm. disca- all tools discover backlinks with in its own pace. So we we made second experiment like backlinks race. We purchased mm. again like five thousand backlinks from several vendors. So they established sites at all? No, no, totally new ones. Brand new, yeah. Wow. We registered a few demands. Uh we wasn't able to come with good names, so we generated with, with chat GPT, like give us Domain names uh, we register as a i mean this these websites have no content it's just goDaddy empty domains, and their front page is kind of default uh, goDaddy page without any content and they have like really good domain uh, rating uh, high domain authority wow. so
0: so you're able to manipulate the DRda hmm. tools, but where those with were- I mean, like, what are they going to rank for? Like, if there's no content in the site, so there's no ranking, there's no rank. traffic. It's purely no traffic, just no
1: rankings. Huh. Tons of backlinks from from tens to thousands, uh, and very high domain authority uh, metrics. I mean, it's it's complicated for uh, majestic trust flow. Trust trust flow is more or less uh, tamper proof. It, it, we found no way for SEMrush Authority score because SEMrush Authority score takes uh, Google rankings into account. And without rankings, Authority score was very low. But for Hrefs DR and for MozDA, like you will literally find more than 1,000 focus on Fiverr for this sort of service. Wow.
0: Well, that's fascinating because there's a lot of <laughs> like, that's, that's fascinating. It's interesting because I mean, we're, I've got an SEO agency and we do SEO on paid media, but we look at domain rating, we look at domain main authority as, you know, as an indicator around other things of, you know, potentially how quickly we can get our content to rank just as an example. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in terms of people using that as the only metric or is that some kind of metric that you're, you're trying to grow, like if it's not growing or rankings and traffic and you know, sales if its e commerce, then it's just sitting out there on a, on a useless island by itself.
1: I mean, low DR or low DR, DR, oh, pardon, DA, means it's a low authority domain, but high doesn't mean anything. So you shouldn't rely solely on it, definitely. Take into account, like, if this website ranks or not, or use, uh, I mean, or, I mean, if you need, Quick evaluation, uh, SEMrush authority scores, kind of taking into account uh, ranks as well. So, yeah, now you know more.
0: That's very cool. I did see some content, which was, you know, what reached, piqued me to to really get in touch around that. I didn't know the detail you just mentioned to me now, which is amazing. Anything else interesting that you found in your, your kind of mad scientist experimenting ways?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, the second one was uh, about... Uh how quickly tools uh, discover backlinks. And I was interested because like after working in SEMrush, I know how expensive it is. I mean, backlinks discovery is probably the most expensive SEO technology because there is only one way to discover backlinks. You should crawl. You should visit websites, all their pages, find backlinks. SEMrush doesn't publish any kind of open information about it. Ahrefs estimate is like 15 to 20 million per year in server infrastructure for like high quality uh, backlinks uh, crawling uh, and high quality backlinks discovery. So yeah, we tested how fast each uh, tool is like after Backlinks discovery, we were scanning all backlinks to make sure they're, like, real and existing with Screaming Frog. Yep. <clears throat> but, yeah, and so what was the result? In most cases, Rush won. Hrefs was usually number one. And in few cases, they won. Um, then we have, like, big gap, like, really significant gap in... Uh, and in, in discovery speed between SEMrush and Ahrefs and all others. So like thinking about, yeah, really like fast and reliable backlinks discovery, uh, SEMrush, Ahrefs, then no number three, there is a big gap and then Moz and Majestic and all others are Lower, I'm still, we're still working on it. We will finish our experiments in a few days and we will check result with like 10 plus tools uh, to see where they are after a month of experiment. So yeah, stay tuned.
0: Love it. Thanks for sharing just a bit about your journey. But then, you know, those experiments, just interesting stuff no one's really talking about. I didn't even know that anyone else is testing them to that level. We just go... This is a number. You trust this one more than this one. I can see stuff here, but I haven't, I don't know of anyone else running these type of experiments. So for people tuning in, we are going to get into a Vox Pop where I'll fire some questions at you. But what's the best way for people to keep on top of these experiments? Is it to follow you on LinkedIn or is there another way to, to kind oh,
1: of say that? I'm currently active only on LinkedIn. Probably will do something else in a while, but now only on LinkedIn.
0: All right. Excellent. So I will be... And I'm sure the people listening to this will be very keen to see how that speed, that particular speed test goes and where that lands. Now we are going to get to our closing questions, which is our quick fire Vox pop. So I'm just going to ask some questions. I want the first thing that pops into your mind. Ready, set? hmm Yep. Which previous algo change still keeps you up at night?
1: Neither. I was never worried about them. My SEO people were worried about them. So sorry, no answer here.
0: No worries. That's good to to hear you sleeping well. Uh, What is your favorite non-obvious software tool that you use every day for research or execution?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm real geek because I'm seeking acquisition targets. My own custom tool that crawls website. So I know how many pages it has and then pull data uh, from uh, SEMrush API about traffic on those pages. Because first, I want to understand how many pages they use to generate vast majority of traffic and Mm -hmm. if this website is dependent on exact page traffic. So am I at risk if like three pages will disappear from Google search and I will have no organic traffic. So it's risk mitigating, but like it's crazy tool. It's 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 only for investors probably. Okay. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Does it have a name?
1: <laughs> oh no, it's like no uh, I paid to software developers. Okay. They build they build this tool. Probably one day I will sell it, but for now I'm just using it.
0: Which do you prefer, content or links? If you had to choose
1: hundred percent content.
0: What's the most effective link building technique that you've used or that your team have used?
1: Yeah, we, we, we paid mid seven figures for backlinker acquiring, I believe more than a million super high quality backlinks. So, uh, I I do believe in analytics and acquisition because in business, you Mm -hmm. often don't have time to build links. So it makes sense to buy them initially. And afterwards, just produce great content and you will get links and ranks.
0: Do you think that the skyscraper technique is still relevant today?
1: Honestly, I googled what is skyscraper technique. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so yes, definitely. It's it's exactly what works right now. Combine great content, update it, make it better, add video. Always mm-hmm. addition. Quantity. So if you think
0: about it, skyscraper in terms of the adding Then not so much. I mean, that's my. The
1: easiest advice to copywriter is write a content that you would like to see on the first rank for this exact query. So combine structure, better illustrations, better infographics, uh, updated numbers, and your chances to rank will be significantly higher.
0: A hundred percent. We're off topic here a little bit, but I just, this is interesting to me because lots of the tools, I'm not going to even name a tool, but like they might go, they'll they'll scrape, they'll call a site and they'll pull out any pages that are under 200 words as being too low in content. But then what if the page is about a brisket taco? How much more are you going to say than 200 words without it sounding ridiculous? You know, like that's not going to be a factor in what makes the page engaging or not. So anyway, We're on the same page. Absolutely. What do you love most about SEO?
1: ROI. Return on investment is stellar. No competitors.
0: How do you apply, if you do, SEO principles to your daily life?
1: Good things grow slowly. Make them early. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like investment compounding percentage, right? Uh, Yeah. You do stuff and it stays with you. And SEO has exactly this concept of compounding. You build new assets, you update previous ones, and it's more and more.
0: What's your preference, work-from-home life or office life or hybrid life? What, what do you prefer?
1: I mean, I'm former top manager, so, of course, my initial preference was 100% office surrounded by my team. Thanks to COVID, now I'm much more comfortable for hybrid, but I still love to be around people when I'm working.
0: If you had to choose between one SEMrush or Ahrefs, Ahrefs, which would you choose?
1: I mean, I'm I'm biased, Uh, of course, SEMrush, uh, but honestly, if you have budget, you should purchase both.
0: And last one, in terms of brands and their best way to run an SEO program, do you think it's best for them to use an agency? or to have an in-house te- in-house team, or to have a combination of both?
1: Uh, if they know nothing about SEO, they should hire an agency. Uh, I usually recommend to hire two agencies. One, for doing the job, and second one, to audit the first one. It will cost not that many dollars, um, but you will have somebody poking the agency. Because... Um, I mean, there is no such thing as cheap and good SEO agency on the market because with cheap ones, you will just not get enough attention to your website. So first, agency, 100%. Then hire good SEO person in-house, so they will work with agency. Over time, probably makes sense to hire people in-house because you want SEOs who knows your product, who knows your market, who knows your business, to be on board, but outsource to agency, uh, some tasks and last but not least, be transparent with your agency, communicate what's your strategy, communicate what's your next steps, because they can help you to hire uh, great people. They can help you to structure processes. Good relationships with agency will help a lot.
0: Great advice. Max Roslikov, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever, however you identify yourself. You know, I'm really appreciate your time today, Max. If people need to reach out, they will look you up on LinkedIn. We'll make sure there is a link inside uh, this episode as well. Thank you, Max, for your time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Bye.
0: That's another episode of SEO success stories. Really cool conversation there. Lots of really fun experiments that he's running. I'm definitely going to be following that in the future as well. So uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, please would love your feedback. Reviews are the best way to give it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you'd like. We'd love your five stars if possible. Again, I'm in your ears every two weeks. This one's for the SEO nerds. Thanks, listeners. Bye.